0: Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous, not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And that's really a wonderful uh, promise because it's not just wherever we go, but whatever we, we do, wherever we go. And the Lord is with us. And if he's with us... Um, then he is not protecting us, providing for us, and assisting us and that's very important to us tonight as we continue our study and move into the dialogues uh, in job uh, we'll be beginning uh, job this evening, job three and so it's uh, it's wonderful for us to. Uh, realize the importance of who the Lord is uh, what he means to us and also what we mean to him so let's take a few seconds as we prepare for our study this evening Uh, it's simply a matter of confession of sins and then I will open us in prayer Dear Heavenly Father, we're thankful for the lessons that we have from uh, learning from the Word of God. And now as we're studying the book of Job, a, a book that is can be very difficult, but there's uh, much here to learn because we know that God the Holy Spirit has provided this book for us. And we pray as we as we work our way through, as we read and study through the book of Job, that we will be able to uh, apply it to our to our lives. Uh, we realize that there will not be as severe. Uh, it's rarely for anyone to have the severe uh, trials that Job had, but. Uh, he found uh, the uh, the provision of of the Lord, and in the end, uh, we know that uh, he placed his faith and his trust in the Lord, and uh, his life, Father, uh, was truly a blessing to him. And even though we may uh, difficulties in our lives may not uh, result in the same manner, we know that we are blessed. We're thankful, Father, for uh, the nation in which we live. We're thankful that it was built on uh, biblical principles, and we pray, Father, that we would remember those, uh, that it would be upon those principles that we live and have an impact in our uh, our nation. So, Father, we ask for your blessing upon our selves, uh, our study, and our nation, and our leaders. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As we look to the book of Job, we're going to see in Job 3, verses 1 through 26, that's the, uh, the entire chapter. And in it, Job expresses his frustration. And What I'd like to say as we begin, uh, I know that there are many times in our lives when uh, difficulties, uh, anguish, problems uh, s- slip into our lives, and we are frustrated. Uh, we're disappointed. Uh, we can even be uh, angry. Uh, we can blame god um, job uh, has uh, difficulties um, disasters in his life and as we read through job 3 we see the frustration in his life life uh, from all the things that that have happened Uh, not only did he lose uh, his uh, his wealth uh, and his family but then he became ill Uh, we're not completely certain what those that illness was boils something similar to that but uh, many might think well he shouldn't have bothered him but I I I think it would be very difficult for any of us to go through that type of existence and not um, wonder, uh, ponder the reasons for why God has either directed or allows it uh, to happen. But we are going to see as we continue uh, our study, that uh, while Job is enduring the difficulties and the problems, uh, the pain and the anguish of what's happening, that he, he really holds on to his faith. Uh, there are comments here and there as we go through these 42, book, uh, 42 uh, chapters um, that at times causes us to wonder but uh, I do believe that if we were in that situation not only would we probably have the same questions that he has uh, we would probably go much further than that we're also going to see uh, as we progress through the book that he has friends and the friends uh in trying to dialogue with him are trying to help him and i think that that's uh, really what they were trying to do they were trying to help him to recover spiritually because they believed that, that was the problem that he he was facing they were trying to convince him that that's what he needed to um uh, recover from uh, some sin that uh, has caused the uh, discipline in his life. And of course, we know that that was not the case. Now, uh, this evening, as we uh, study chapter 3, we're going to see that... Uh, we're going to see the the dialogue that we're we're going to see uh, through the book, starting in Job Job uh, three. Uh, we have a prologue and an epilogue, and those are narrative. Um, the The rest of the book, the center of the book, uh, Job three, beginning in verse two, we have a poetry. And that's one of the reasons that, uh, the center part of, of Job, uh, the poetry is always challenging, uh, to, uh, in, uh to translate and interpret, uh, uh, Hebrew po- poetry. Poetry is not simply a matter of uh, of rhyming, as a matter of fact, we will in English will never see a rhyme. Uh, one of the big reasons is because rhyming is not something that is even uh, found in the Hebrew text. Uh, but uh, the uh, the words that are used can sometimes be uh, very challenging to understand and then interpret. Uh, tonight, we're going to be looking at Job. Uh, next week, we'll talk about his friends, his friends for quite a wh- quite a while, and then we'll also come at the end of uh, the poetry, chapter 38, and we'll see God addressing Job. Um, so, uh, this evening we will be in chapter 3 and uh i wanted to show you one i think i oh, i did show you the the other slide here uh, chapter uh 3 is J- job's death wish and so we have uh his his death wish begins um and then there are other uh, uh, sections that we'll see, but not tonight. First of all, we're going to see Job's wish that he had not been born. He's going to approach um, his existence in three different ways, and the first one is that he wished that he had never been born, and that is chapter three, verses one through ten. Uh, the uh, the wish there that he'd not been born is really he he wished that he'd never been conceived secondly we see that job's wish is that he had died at birth and those verses are 11 through 19 uh, and he goes through this if in fact uh, i had been conceived then uh, and made it through the gestation period. Uh, then at birth, he wished that he would have died at birth. And then thirdly, we'll see in verses 20 through 26, Job's wish that he would die now. That's how he would approach it. We have to understand that, that he would have died at that time, at then, as he is uh, speaking with his with his friends, and so those are the sections that we'll hopefully uh, address tonight and Again, as we read through this it 's not always easy for us to understand uh, Job is one of the very earliest books, uh, at, at particularly whether it was when it was written but job 's life was probably uh, may have even been prior to Moses' writing, um, the Torah. Uh, So Job's life uh, is uh, the historical uh, evidence and uh, events around his life sometimes are a little uh, difficult for us to place. But uh, Job's life is still important to us from the standpoint that uh we need to to lead, to, to read about him uh, read his uh attitude and realize that uh, our lives probably uh, are not that much different with the exception that I think Job's life Is uh, well beyond the the challenges of Satan's uh, focus are well beyond what happened to us. Um, And at the same time we have to understand that God is, uh, God loves us and he's taking care of us. So as we begin uh, the end of chapter 2 we saw that his friends had come from Uh, wherever they lived and when they saw him they were grieved and uh, were told that they uh, did not speak for seven days Uh, but as we begin chapter 3 the silence of Job and his friends is broken and it's broken by Job because he is uh, groaning he is um, Speaking from the standpoint that life is uh, is not worth living, that he had, uh, he uh, he wished that he had never been conceived, that he had never um, been born, that he would have died at the time that he was born, and uh, at the time that he's speaking, at that time uh, he longed to die. Uh, perhaps this week of agony impressed on him his sense of loss and reinforced the relentless pain of his disease. Uh, if we were covered with boils, we would have uh, excessive uh, pain as well. Uh, today we might have medication uh, treatment that would help. Uh, it doesn't appear that that's that that exists for him. Perhaps too, Job reflect on, uh, reflected on the injustice of his condition, because he knows his life. He knows how he's lived his life, and he knows that uh, the the, um, the problems, uh, the turmoil. Uh, the loss in his life is, in his mind, and I think from what, reading about Job, it's unjust. But Satan is the one, of course, the one is uh, per- per- uh, p- portray- portraying it. In his sad oration here of a death wish, Job did not curse God as Satan had predicted That he would. Nor did God. Nor did Job. uh, Job Contemplate suicide. But he did regret. His birth. And we're going to see that. As I've uh, displayed here. In verses 1 through 10. He's going to wish. That he had been born dead. Verses 11 through 19. And he longed to die. At that time. Verses 20 through 26. So. Now, Job 3, after, his, after this, meaning the, the week of silence, he opened his mouth, Job opened his mouth, and cursed the day of his birth. And Job spoke and said, May the day perish on which I was born, and the night in which it was said, a male child is conceived. Um Job cursed the day of his birth. And literally that first verse says after this Job opened his mouth and he cursed his day. Uh, his day, I think, is interpreted and translated here uh, the day of his birth. Um, so uh literally his day. But interestingly uh interestingly he, do, he does not curse God here. He wanted his birthday to be wiped from the calendar. That's what he's saying, and we'll read that in verse 6. But Job then uh, referred to the night, and he sort of uh, pers- personifies it, because he says that, uh, and the night in which it was said, a male child is conceived, actually it says, the night that said, meaning the night said it, a boy is conceived. So he has uh, personifies, and this is great uh, Hebrew poetry, Uh, he's saying that it was the night that said uh, a a male child is conceived, and he wished that the night had never expressed that. Then in the following verses, he elaborates on his day of birth. Uh, we're going to see this in verses four through five, and his night of conception, which is six and seven. And then of course he concludes his, this po- poetic unit by mentioning the reason he longed for the removal of his, of his birth. Uh, when Job cursed the day of his birth, he claimed, he comes close to, uh, 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 blasphemy, because obviously the Lord's hand is involved here. Um, the Hebrew word for cursed means to hold in contempt. Uh, and this is uh, elsewhere employed of cursing God. But Job is not doing that here. Uh, Job's pain has driven him to express a very strong uh, Resentment, we might say, or uh, anxiety against the day of his birth, and the night of his conception, which were personified as we've extra- uh, as we've seen here. However, Job did not commit uh, blasphemy. I don't think that that's uh, we can see that here. He did not curse uh, the Chaldeans or the Sabeans, uh, much less God and the other thing that he doesn't do is he doesn't express thoughts of suicide and there are often people who who immediately come to that is they think about taking their life verse 4 may that be darkness and may that d- day be darkness that day let it be darkness uh, the darkness here means that uh, in a way that it's hidden. And we'll see that that uh, that's sort of the way it's described. But it's hidden. Uh, it's in the darkness. Uh, May that day be darkness. May God above not seek or regard it. Nor the light shine upon it. Uh, the expression by Job here. Is the negation of the divine uh, decree of creation. In other words... Uh, The Lord says, let there be light. And with this light, of course, now is the grandeur of the creation. And uh, Job is saying, I pray that I would never have been part of that. And I think that that's sort of the way we can see here. The Lord said, let there be light. And that was the first day. Uh, Job wishes that his first day be darkness, that there not be any light. As for that day, let there be darkness, says Job. Since only God has this prerogative, Job adds the wish that God on high would not regard the day that he was born. Uh, may darkness, verse two, verse 5, may darkness and the shadow of death Claim it, and the word here for shadow is um, can be black, or it can mean deep darkness. So we start with uh, may darkness and the deep dark darkness of death claim it. May a cloud settle on it? May the blackness, the darkness of the day, terrify it? As for the night, may darkness seize it. Notice in verses 4, 5, and 6, we have the word darkness used five different times. And I think in the poetry we have here, the darkness is the ominous of this. Uh, darkness, 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 and darkness. May it not rejoice among the days of the year, May it not come into the number of the months. So that day may it turn to darkness is an interesting reversal of God's first day creative act. Uh, by praying, may God above, above, uh, may God above not care about it. In other words, don't seek it, look for it, don't regard it. Job hoped that God, by not noticing that day, would therefore. Not notice him and his life I think this is another one of those uh, we can uh, we can understand for this he's saying that God would not have had anything to do with his conception. why? because God does God does he is involved in conception and he's saying here that he would note would not notice it. Uh, in Job 4 through 6, uh, Job refers to darkness five times using four different words. He longed that the day would be darkness, first of all. And he asked that darkness, we could say deep darkness here, uh, be uh, the day that he was conceived. Uh, we also see that blackness would overwhelm its light, so that the blackness uh, shuts out the light. Uh, the work, for, the word here for uh, uh, blackness, deep darkness, as, as I've sort of already ex- explained, that uh, that's what the deep uh, shadow means. And then we also see here the thick darkness seizing the night of his conception. Uh, so we see those five times, the emphasis here on what he's saying, uh, how his conception would have been seen. Verse 7, Oh, may that night be barren. May no joy shout come into it. Uh, continuing this personification of night Job wishes that the night had been barren. Uh, that's another way of saying that the, uh, he would not have, uh, there would have been no conception. He's saying that the night would have been barren. And again, this is great poetry because uh, the night, of course, uh, is not part of the conception. But here it is. Uh, the word here for barren literally means Stony. Uh, stony ground doesn't produce, and so there's another sense here as you as you trans translate through here uh, the knight being stony uh, barren is uh, a, uh, is a fine translation uh, says that his mother would have been barren uh, as unproductive as stony gra- stony ground emotional uh emotional near easterner uh, easterners uh, customarily would shout uh when a boy was born and that's not to say that they weren't happy when a daughter was born but the son was the one that would uh, uh produce uh, or the uh the line of the family and so that was very important. And he says here that um, there would not be, no shout would have come. Why? Because there would have been a birth. Verse 8 May those curse it. Uh, and it is the, the word for days. May those curse days. May, they, may those who curse days curse the day is the sense here of verse 8 those who are ready to arouse uh, leviathan now job's uh, words may those who curse days curse the day uh, those who are ready to rouse leviathan refers to a custom of enchanters who claims to make a day unfortunate now, they would be there to curse Someone. They would bring a curse, uh, and one of the ways that they would do that, they're saying here, is that those who uh, present this curse would also be able to raise life, the uh, this sea monster or even a land monster, Leviathan. Um, it's interesting uh, in. Uh, reading about this verse um, it's uh, it's believed that this probably uh, refers to uh, mythology a seven headed sea monster of the ancient near eastern uh, pagantry uh it was mythology and this dragon would cause would be uh uh, he would uh, be called or used as a curse and uh, then that uh, curse would cause uh, the sun to be e- uh, eclipsed or the moon eclipsed so that it would be darkness uh, swallowing uh, the sun or the moon. So if uh, daytime or nighttime uh, if that lu- uh, the luminaries were gone, then Job is saying that his birthday would, in a sense, uh, be be missing. Uh, we're going to see Leviathan used later uh, later in the book, and it's probably more an understanding of uh, dragons and uh, large, huge animals. So, Job was not saying he believed in this mythology. He was probably doing nothing more than utilizing it for poetic purposes. And I think that's probably true. Um, Those who were listening to him would understand what he's saying. Uh, Verse 9 and 10. May the stars of its morning be dark. Uh, May the stars of his conceptual night. That's what he's saying. The stars of it, the night that he was conceived. Uh, So may the stars of his conceptual night be dark. May it look for light, but have none and not see the dawning of the day uh not see the dawning of the day the literal translation here is uh not see the first rays of the dawn uh i it's it's really enjoyable to to uh translate some of these verses uh, because uh, the interpretation uh is fine but where uh, what was the source and uh, he would not see, they would not see the first rays of dawn. And for anybody that is up very er, early, uh, seeing the first rays is a blessing. And he's saying, no, they would not have, uh, uh, the first rays would not have been there. Verse 10, because it did not shut up the doors of my mother's womb, nor hide sorrow uh, this is another word for trouble, uh nor hide nor hide sorrow or trouble from my eyes uh, the uh, individual's worse here, the person who is enduring this uh, job wishes that it his conceptual night uh, the morning stars, would become dark is the understanding here uh early in the morning, and this is something that I I noticed uh, um, when I would get up early in the morning when it wasn't frigid, cooled out, and would walk. Uh, you Every now and then you'd see the moon, and very close to it is a very bright, what we would call a star. But it's not a star. It's a planet, and it's very likely either going to be Venus or possibly Mars uh, passing um, uh, the moon and it's an extraordinarily bright uh, light Uh, the moon of course is is very bright in a dark uh, dark uh, sky but then you see that that uh, like a pencil light of uh, coming uh, right beside the moon and I think that that's what this, uh, this is one of the things it's saying. The first rays of dawn, the uh, the eyelids, uh, that's another way of this is can be uh, the first rays, the eyelids of the morning. So the metaphor here is opening of the eyes and seeing uh, the morning. Uh, by longing for his conceptual night to be shrouded in darkness, to be barren and to never turn today. Job was saying he wished that he had never been conceived in his mother's womb. Uh, Unfortunately, he said the doors of his mother's womb were not shut. So he says, uh, she did conceive me. Uh, Her womb was not shut. If her womb had been shut, womb had been shut, he would not have seen the trouble uh, the difficulties in his life uh, and the principle here is that job's wish that he had never been born because of his life was for uh, was full of sorrow reflects a very serious misunderstanding about the basic meaning of human human existence uh, our our existence here is uh, is not for happiness but it's to glorify God. And so our principle, the Bible teaches that the purpose of life is not for us to simply be happy, but to praise God, to praise the glory of God. Now, uh, moving on to verses 11 through 19, we have Job's wish that he had died at birth. Because Job's desire to blot out, blot out his night of conception and the day of his uh then his uh his birth could not have been fulfilled but uh he, he did he was born so he longs now to be stillborn um he thinks that he says that he would have been better than his present condition where he is so after cursing after cursing his birthday, he, subs, uh, he subsided into a quieter reflection on the trouble-free condition he would have enjoyed if he had not been born. Verse eleven. Why did I not uh, die at birth? Why did not perish? Why did I not perish when I came from the womb? Why did the knees? receive uh, receive me? Why did the knees receive me? Or, why the breast that I should nurse? Uh, Verse 11 is the first of five whys that we're going to see in the rest of this chapter. Why did I not die at birth? Uh, Why did I not perish when I came from the womb? So he's saying here, why was I not stillbirth? Or, a miscarriage uh, could have resulted uh, in death. Uh, so uh, he, he repeats the same idea in verse 16. Uh, Job asks two questions here. First, he wondered why he could not have died uh, as he came from the womb. Uh, he voices the same complaint again in chapter ten. We'll see it again there. Having been born dead would have been better better than his present existing uh, existence of suffering. In the second question, the receiving of the knees uh could possibly is means one of two things. Um, the more natural way to interpret that is that he would be laid on the uh, knees of his mother. But there was another custom that was done uh, at that time is that uh, the baby would be taken after the birth while the mother was recovering and would be given to either the patriarch uh, of the... uh, of the family, or maybe the eldest uh, woman, like we would read in at the end of uh, the book of Ruth, um, and then the child would be blessed. And so it's possible that uh, that why did the knees receive me, or why the breasts that I should nurse? So the first part there could very well be that it is the mother, or it could be to the uh, the patriarch or the matriarch. Uh, and then, of course, the breast that I should, nur- I should nurse. Verse 13 through verses uh, 13 through 15. For now, I would have laid still, lain still and been quiet. I would have been asleep, that I would have been at rest with kings and counselors of the earth who build ruins for themselves, or with princes who had gold, who filled their houses with silver. Now, this says uh, that he would have lain, had he been born still, uh, he would have been quiet. Another way to see that, he would have been at peace. I would have been asleep then I would have been at rest with kings and counselors of of the earth. What does that mean? The sense here is um, the next phrase, who build ruins for themselves or build palaces now desolate. Um, the sense here is uh, for their uh, deaths, their burial, there would be... Uh, uh, places for them to be buried. And he's saying, I would be at peace like these kings and these counselors uh, who build uh, ruins, but more along the line of uh, places that uh, would become desolate. Uh, And it says, um, or with princes who had gold, could build these places who fill their houses with silver. Verse 16, Or why was I not hidden like a stillborn child, like infants who never saw light, where the wicked cease from troubling or turmoil, and there the weary are at rest, where the prisoners rest together. They do not hear the voice of the oppressor. They are small and and uh the small and great are there and the servant is free from his master so longing to have been longing to have been a, a been miscarried uh, hidden buried is another word here where it says uh, uh, why was i not hidden uh, another word here, another understanding of this word is buried. So, uh, if there a is miscar- a miscarriage, then the fetus would be buried. That's hidden, uh, like an infant who never saw the light of day. That's the uh, the understanding here, I believe. Job again referred to the restful condition he would have had in death. Uh, he would have been at rest. He would have been at peace. Uh, uh, there the wicked Job thought no longer are in turmoil Uh, there's no agitation or raging uh, in their restless sin and rebellion Uh, the weary the rest uh, uh, prisoners are at ease in other words they're no longer hearing their taskmasters shouting at them to work to work harder. Uh, They don't hear that. They're at rest. Uh, The small and the great are together and the slave is freed. So Job here, weary with agony, would rest at death. He would no longer be a captive to his disease. He would be free from his slavery to trouble. Uh, So uh, this is another description that Um, Job has said and he's saying that had I not uh, been uh, healthy at the point of uh, being uh, uh, born then uh, he would have been at peace and he's not at peace now. Verse 20 uh, our third point here is that Job wished Job wished that he could Die then his um, then or we would say now. Verse twenty. Why is light given to him who is in misery and life to the bitter uh, and life to the bitter of soul? Who long uh, who long for death, but it does not come, and search for it more than hidden treasures. Uh, verse twenty two who rejoices exceedingly and are glad when they can find the grave, let me read that again didn't do that very well why is Why is light given to him who is in misery and life to the bitter of soul who long for death but it does not come, and search for it more than hidden treasures and that that contrast there uh, wishing that he was dead uh is uh, is would be better for him than finding hidden treasure, who rejoice exceedingly and are glad when they can find the grave. Uh, for the fourth of the five times in this uh uh presentation, this uh, uh speech, this dialogue, actually monologue. Joba asks, why? Since he had been conceived and born, and since he was not stillborn, he longed to die then as an adult. So he says, it's time for me to die. That would end his suffering. And yet death did not come. Uh, Referring once again to the subject of light and darkness as indications of life and death, he asks, why is life given to those in misery and life to the bitter of soul? Uh, notice there the, uh, the Hebrew uh, poetry there. Light is life. Uh, misery is bitter of soul. And so that, uh, that is uh, uh, a good sign of, uh, of Hebrew poetry. To Job, it seems strange or in Congress that people like himself who are physically miserable and uh, inwardly bitter are given life. He's saying, why why would I still have life here when they really don't want to have life? Uh, The Hebrew word here for misery is related to the noun trouble. Uh, Neither those who wait quietly, who long for death, nor those who search for it find it. That's what he's saying. He's, It's better. Uh, death does not come. Like buried treasure, it is not found. When sufferers finally do reach the grave, they are glad and rejoice because death releases them from the pain. Uh, once more, uh, Job here is not contemplating suicide Uh, he simply is wondering about uh, loss of life and who would he be thinking Uh, he would be thinking God is the person who would do that would take his life 23 why is light uh, light given to a man whose way is hidden and whom God has hedged in for my sighing comes before I eat in other words, uh, he's not hungry and he wouldn't eat. And my groaning pours out like water. Uh, Job here bemoaned that God had hedged him in. He is hedged in this suffering. Uh, he's hedged in so that he cannot die. The irony is that Job perceived God's protective hedge around him as keeping him from uh uh, from a desirable death, we could say. So God is protecting him from this desirable uh, loss of life, uh, and this is a typical feeling of those who suffer. So Job, uh, Job again asks why, and this is his fifth, uh, fifth why in this chapter. He says, "Why life should be given?" To someone who does not want it, uh, he's saying, uh, "No longer do I want to live." Joe, and he says that his way here, uh, his way is hidden. Uh, his path uh, was hidden, so that he could not see where he was going. Uh, but I think uh, even another way to see that is that um, the hidden, the treasure. Um, is, um, is something that would b- be pleasure, but uh, his, uh, his desire is to die. Um, Job uses the word to hedge here uh, to refer to God's restrictions on him. His suffering limited his freedom of movement. Therefore, Job was sighing rather than eating. His illness had made him lose his appetite. And his groaning was unending, like the water of a waterfall. Verse 25. For the thing I greatly fear, feared has come upon me. And what I dread has happened to me. I am not at ease. I'm not at peace, he would say. Nor am I quiet. I have no rest for trouble, uh, agitation, turmoil comes. Uh, at the beginning here of Job's trials, when he heard of the loss of blessing, he feared the loss of something else, and something other, of the loss of another. And then hearing of a second one, he feared yet something else. And the loss of that he would fear something else, and so there was a restlessness here, a turbulent condition uh, that uh, brings us to the end of his uh, his speech. though he longed for peace with quietness and rest, he experienced only turmoil, uh, pain and suffering. Uh, Job's desire for death, his craving for gra- the grave, uh emphatically underscores the extremities of his uh, the extremities of his financial, physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual pain. Uh, and only uh those godly people who have hoped for uh relished uh, released uh, who, uh, who would look desire to be uh, released from life's woe through the uh, the gate of death can fully appreciate job's mournful uh, wail here uh, so job is saying uh, his his memories of uh, what he was once and all of that has been lost and now his health is uh, on the brink as well. So Job here voiced not the ingest of his plight but the in- uh, the intensity of it. Uh, later as his agony wore on he speaks of all of this as something that is ingest. Now uh let me as we uh, prepare next week for verse uh, chapter four, and my desire next week is uh, we'll uh, we'll encounter Eliphaz uh, and his comments his comments to uh, to job and we'll see them in chapter four and five. And I hope to be able to cover both of those uh, next week. But in preparation for that, uh, we're going to see here that, uh, let me kind of set the, uh, the stage for that. After Job broke the long, week-long silence with his outcry of, ang- his outcry of anguish, his three companions, uh, Eliphaz, Eliphaz, uh, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar, uh, felt compelled to speak. Shocked at his death desire, they took on, they assumed to themselves, the responsibility of correcting Job for his brash remarks. In other words, they're prepared now to correct Job. Each friend spoke and was in turn, and in turn answered by Job. So we'll have Eliphaz and Job, Bildab and then Job, and then uh, Zophar, and then Job. That's how this is going to work. We'll have these cycles, three different cycles. Uh, so uh, throughout their speeches, the friends remain adamant. In their theological position. And what is that? Their view. Was that the righteous are rewarded. And the unrighteous. Are punished. So Job. Having having willfully sinned. Was indeed. Need of. uh, Repentance. They would say. Their logical reasoning. Was as follows. All suffering is punishment for sin. Secondly, Job is suffering. Therefore, Job is a sinner. So that's how they see this. But this contract uh, this contradicted what God said of Job. We know uh, whether Job uh, knows it, uh, certainly we do. We know that it's not because of Job's sinful life. The friends became more uh, uh, vitriolic and specific as their speeches progressed. In the first round, the three hinted at Job's sin, urging him to repent. But if it were I, I would appeal to God, Eliphaz says. If you were pure and upright, Says Bill Dudd, and if you put away the sin that is in your hand, Zophar says. So they're focused on the sin in the first round. The second round, they're they're uh, emphasizing uh, their emphasis on the sin and repentance. The second round moved from suggestion to insu uh, in insu- insu- insinuation. Uh, Eliphaz said that the wicked are endangered. Bildad asserted that they are ensnared and forgotten. And Zophar affirmed that they are short-lived and lose their wealth. They all hoped that Job would listen to them, would understand their position, and know that they were talking about him. Yet in the second cycle, They said nothing about him confessing his sins. The third round included open accusations. Eliphaz cited several sins of which he said Job was guilty of committing. And Bildad announced outright that uh, he was a worm. Only Eliphaz repeated that Job needed to repent. Yet in all of this, Job affirmed his innocence while also, also, uh, while also arguing that God had afflicted, uh, afflicted him. How else could Job explain his agony? But why God was doing it was beyond his comprehension. And that's how we will sort of progress through the rest of the book of Job, We'll see this, these early uh, confrontations, uh, speeches that are given by his three friends, and then we're going to have a third, a fourth friend, who's going to enter the uh, conversation as well. And there is uh, a lot of questions that are asked, and I think uh, as we go, uh, they're uh, they're intriguing because these are questions that humans would ask. And uh, very often uh, when we hear someone is ill or something has happened to them, we, one of the uh, thoughts we have is, hmm, I wonder uh, you know, what, uh, what they've done to violate God's laws. How have they sinned? Uh, what have they done? Uh, and uh, we see here that uh, that's not the case, with uh, Job and it's very often not the case of other Christians Uh, and even if it is that is not our place to judge someone uh, for what may or may not be happening in their lives so we're off to a running start here we have uh, Job's um, desires here his wish and we're going to see what his friends have to say beginning next week. It's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we, we are thankful for the book of Job. Uh, it's not always the easiest one to uh, understand. Uh, it's a long dialogue, but it's well worth it as we come to the uh, last chapter, the last chapters beginning in 38, Father, uh, when you enter into the um, uh, the questions, answering the questions, or asking your own questions. Um, so, Father, we're thankful for uh, God, the Holy Spirit, how he, he has preserved this book, and we pray that we would understand it and be able to apply it to our lives. And we ask, uh, and Father, we also pray for Chad, uh, Chad's Whiteheart, uh, over uh, in Iraq. We pray for his safety, uh, but also, Father, for his success uh, in his training. Uh, we continue to pray, Father, for um, our military. Uh, we pray, Father, for their success, uh, their safety, and their success. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.